Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. One of the chapters from which I preach this morning is 1 Kings 18, and I want to start my remarks with that. Elijah went up on Mount Carmel, he had charged Ahab, bring all of Israel, and you bring those 450 prophets of Baal. And you know about the altars, and we talked about that this morning, and how the fire from God came down. But before that, just before that, Elijah turned to the people of Israel, shouted these words. Why do you fluctuate between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. I think that there are times in our country when we are at that spot. And in reference to the subject of abortion, we're there. We've always been there. What's troubling is the next line about the people of God, the people of Israel. And and the next line says, and they answered him not a word. That makes me bristle. That's uh, the very idea that they didn't answer. how, How could you be quiet to the question, is it Baal or is it Jehovah? I think that I would... I would scream it as loud as I could so that nobody there could misunderstand what I'm saying, right? Because you wouldn't want God, you wouldn't want Jehovah God to see you embarrassed. I was thinking, and you know that this service has been about abortion and and to invoke God's blessing regarding our country in view of what's happened with R.V. Wade. And I was thinking just before I got up about 63 million. Since January 22 of 1973, when the Supreme Court made this terrible decision, legalizing abortion in all the states from a federal level, 63 million, about 63 million. And when you think about heaven and you dream about being in heaven, I want you always to remember I want you to always picture those 63 million souls because that's where they will be. That does not suggest that there was anything right about what was done. You know that. But what it does mean is that I declare to you that heaven is going to be abundantly populated when you and I are there. And people said that the ship had already sailed, and it's one trick of the devil, you know. Hell loves this. One of the lies is to say about something so awful as this, you'll never touch this. The ship has sailed. It's never going to change. We're never going back. And, in fact, people use those words a lot. Well, they were wrong about that. And, and what this says it reminds me of the sermon this morning from Elijah, too, when God says to him, Don't think that you're alone, Elijah, because you're not. 7,000 have not bowed their knee to Baal. Don't you feel that way right now? I mean, 
It's not easy to become discouraged, or hard rather, to become discouraged about the country and different directions and the morality and the problems. It's easy to become sort of discouraged about things. And, and here you have this amazing thing. Whatever discussions we're going to have, and they're very broad, there's a lot of talk going on about this. What I know is that I'm in the United States of America, and it looks like about 26 states are going to just completely make abortion illegal. Are you kidding? I mean, this is wonderful. What that means is that in reference to morality, there's a whole lot of Americans who believe what we do about the sanctity of life. Praise God for that. Isn't that wonderful? Now, Teresa of Calcutta said this, and I brought it because I think it's profound. We mustn't merely look at the abortion debate in the context of what I've been talking about. There's something else that I want to use for tonight. She said, we must not be surprised when we hear of murders, of killings, of wars, of hatred. If a mother can kill her own child, what is left but for us to kill each other? And this, a nation that kills its children in the womb has lost its soul. If it is true that legalizing abortion and carrying out these millions upon millions of killings of the unborn, if, if it is true what she said, and of course it's true, that it changes a culture, that it must also be true that reversing Roe versus Wade will have a positive effect on our culture. I don't know, I don't know what that will look like. But I have to believe it's true. Never become confused about the two major issues regarding abortion. Never become confused. There are two major issues, two major questions that everybody in America, everybody I suppose in the world has to answer. The first one is, is murder wrong? Wrong's a somewhat ambiguous term these days, but it's, is it wrong? Is it morally wrong? Is it from God as wrong? Is it a sin to commit murder or not? It's interesting that, that by and large the human race says yes. I mean, if we define murder appropriately, murder is the deliberate taking of innocent human life. The deliberate taking of innocent human life. Is that wrong? And people today that are in favor of abortion, people, the pro-choice folks, I don't think by and large are saying murder is right even though that's what they're advocating. I don't think they're saying that. They're saying that abortion is not murder. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But let me establish the fact that murder is wrong. And the Bible explicitly says so. So 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And then he adds this, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19, when you have the works of the flesh, he lists a number of sins, one of which is murder. And at the end of that list, he says, and you know that people who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You can't go to heaven and be a murderer. Murder is wrong. But the second thing, of course, the second question is, is abortion murder? And that depends on when life begins. When does life begin? When does that little embryo become a human being? And the answer is, from a biblical standpoint, if that little life becomes a human being at conception, 
it's interesting to me that when you, somebody wants to argue about this, that they have to arbitrarily draw a line and say, well, it's, it must be at this point. And the Supreme Court in 73 divided, you know, into trimesters. And the first trimester, no rules. Second trimester, these rules. Third trimester, these rules. It's just purely arbitrary. You go to the New Testament in Luke chapter 1 and verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the Bible says the baby leaped in her womb. That's the Greek word brephos. When you get to the next chapter, that's a, that's a baby in the womb. When you get to the next chapter, Luke chapter 2 and verse 12, the Bible says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. The Greek word for baby there, the born baby, is the same Greek word. Whether you're describing a child in the womb or out of the womb, the Bible says, you know what that is? That's a brephos. That's a baby. After conception, and, and I'm sure you know this, the mother contributes essentially nothing to that child except oxygen, nutrition, but it's a separate human being. It is a separate entity, a separate human. So it's good. I, I think about all through the years since January 22 of 73, how many prayers do you suppose have come up from people in our country about the terrible, the terrible killing of abortion? How, how many people, how many prayers has, have been gone, have sent up to heaven about this? And it's appropriate that tonight we take our time and we pause and we pray about the different things we've discussed, about the safety of people, about the wisdom of those who are in leadership, about the babies that are going to be saved and how they will be cared for. There are four closing reminders that I want to give you. One, I have dual citizenship. I'm, I'm very thankful to be an American I've, I've visited a number of countries in my life and have been privileged to do that. And I, I love looking at different cultures, but I tell you something. We, we live in God-blessed America. I love, I love this country, but I'm not confused about this. I have dual citizenship. And the Bible says in Galatians 3.20 that my citizenship is in heaven. I'm not going to get confused about that. So I understand that the world's going to act like the world, and I understand that, that things are going to keep happening in this country that are so very offensive to God. And I'm going to do my best as a, as a Christian to try to make a difference, and that's what you want to do. At the same time, I, I completely understand that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through, and my, my citizenship really is in heaven. Number two, prohibiting abortion as we prayed about tonight, is inevitably going to result in more unwanted children in our country. I don't know how that's going to look. This thing's been going on 50 years. But I know this, if that's true, then we must be a part of taking care of them. It would be a shame, as one of our leaders tonight said, if people could make a truthful accusation against Christians that we care about babies, but only until they're born. Number three, I just want to remind us that there's a deterrent much stronger than the death penalty for murder and a greater court than the Supreme Court of the United States of America. 
2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 talks about the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or evil. There's a great day coming, and all of us will go to that court and face the ultimate judge, and that judge has already ruled on this subject. Galatians 5.19, the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and like. I told you, just as in time past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He already has ruled. And so we close with this. As important as these matters are, and it's very rare for us to take a service like this about one decision made by a court in our country, this one's really big. As important as these matters are, I want you to remember that people's eternity won't, of course, be determined solely on their morality. If so, the Great Commission would read differently. It would read, go into all the world and preach morality to all the nations, and everyone who believes the the right things about moral issues will go to heaven. Wouldn't that be something if he could have said, go ahead and be moral people, and that will be enough, and you can go to heaven? But that's not what it says. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. That's what the judge said. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. We've come together to praise God about something in our country that's happened. I I know that the world is, I mean, we're not under any kind of misconceptions about the fact that the world is going to continue acting like the world. We got that. It's just a great time to pause and say, wow, aren't we thankful? Aren't we thankful that for a minute you see something like this so very good happening in our country? I wonder if there's someone here tonight who's been studying the Bible and wants to become a Christian and now would be a wonderful time to do that. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.